Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's episode, we're talking about what you can do when the check engine light comes on in your marriage. And a quote here from Cody Herndon talking about warning signs like a check engine light says, if you ignore the warning signs, a tragedy awaits you ahead. I'm just going to let that sit for a second. Yep. Because we're talking about check engine lights in your marriage. And then go on to the fact that we start every One Extraordinary Marriage episode with a hug. And this is this is an opportunity for Tony and I to share the breakthroughs that you're having in your marriage, to, yep. to share where you're being intentional. And this hug comes from an email that we received that started with, I stumbled across the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast about nine months back. Initially, I listened spor- sporadically, but have appreciated everything I've heard. In the last month or so, I've been more intentional, love that word, mm-hmm. about listening and trying to take the advice more seriously and brainstorming about how to be more intentional in my relationship with my wife of 22 years. In one of your latest episodes on microdating, you mentioned being on the verge of empty nesting as well as the general busy sense of life in late summer moving into fall. Wow, did that resonate. Our youngest is also starting her last year of high school, and we're staring down the barrel of being alone in the house. Mm. My wife and I are both pastors, and we've been talking about and already experiencing the ramp up that comes with working in ministry. I want to say thank you for your ongoing work and encouragement. It's inspiring me to work more intentionally about making the current, I love that, the current and next chapter of my marriage as strong as possible. Mm. Yeah, I love it. And you know what? That micro dating one, it, it did just it resonated mm-hmm. with so many of you in the one family. And I hope you are intentional and take some action around it, not just listen to it, but actually just go, how can we strengthen our recreational intimacy around that? Like these folks are doing, which is amazing, which this mm-hmm. couple is doing. We love it. We love yes. it. And you, know, you heard Tony say at the top of this episode that we're talking about that check engine light that comes on in marriage and what to do and, and when it comes on and all of those types of things. And you know, sometimes we often get the opportunity to share where episodes come from. Mm -hmm. And I had a coaching session a couple of weeks ago with a couple and these two would admit, and they've said in multiple coaching sessions that they're both very stubborn, right? So that's, that's kind of the context for it. And we'd had multiple coaching sessions where they would each share their perspectives. Cause if you've ever coached with me, you know, I'd say things like there's always two perspectives to every situation, not just in your marriage, but also in what Tony and I experience. And I was able to demonstrate to them how they're both feeling all of these strong emotions. Like they could, as things started to ramp up in these different situations, it was as if there was a check engine light coming on, right? Mm. They could identify, oh yeah, at this point in time, things started to go sideways. Or at this point in time, I started to feel like this 
kind of like what happens when you're driving down the road or you turn the car on in the morning and there's that tiny little indicator. Sometimes it looks like an engine. Sometimes it just says check engine and it lights up. Something's not quite right. Or the triangle with the exclamation point in it. Do we have that on one of our cars? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I see that one as well. That's a a very big indication that something is going on. And I also want to say even with this, O2, sometimes, and I think many of us have seen this also, the check engine light is blinking and then it goes off because it's telling us that something is going on. Now, many of us will ignore this because it blinks and then it goes off. So we're like, eh, eh it's good. No like, big deal. We'll, we'll, we'll roll. It's really that warning sign and that time to actually go to the mechanic, go to the auto shop, maybe just get a diagnostic, find out what is going on before the check engine light stays on. Because at that point in time, we know that there is an issue happening underneath the hood. And we've actually experienced this um, probably more times than Tony would love to ever talk about when it comes to our children and their cars. Oh, yes. And it was funny because when I told Tony I wanted to do an episode on check engine lights, I could literally see like the beads of sweat start to form on his brow because typically with our kids and they're sort of slightly getting better at this. The kids have been a little reluctant over the years to tell Tony when something is going on with the cars. Yes, and I've always asked. I'm like, hey, if the if a check engine light blinks, if something's going on, just let me know. Don't wait till the, the last moment. And um, yeah, there have been a number of times that I've gone into both of their cars at different times to just go like, Elisa has our car or whatever, and I'm and I'm going to just jump in one of their cars to just go run down the street, a post office run, whatever. And I jump in, and literally there are lights flashing. There, I saw the lights on. There's things dinging. There's, I, and I mean, I've gotten so many texts over the years. It, it of like literally panels. drives me nuts. Oh yeah, I mean, I just I I send pictures, and I'm like, this is unacceptable because to me, if it's blinking. If you see it, then let's address it. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, then I know there's going to be some ramifications because of not dealing with it. Well, because when you ignore a check engine light, like over time, or when you ignore the warning signs that your car is giving you, it might not be like the tragedy of a car accident, but it will be a tragedy to your wallet. Because that gets a whole lot more expensive, as we discovered last week, because we had brakes down to the rotor. Yes. Yes. Kind of hard to miss that your brakes are squealing, son. (laughs) But apparently they were. And he didn't pay attention to it. And it got to the rotors. And that was a more expensive, because he ignored the warning signs, the sound, the the feel of something's not quite right here. Mm -hmm. And we've experienced this in our own marriage. Right where, you know, we've had instances, are you smirking at me because I'm about to throw myself under the bus? No, I, I oh, think okay. I think it's a, in, in our marriage as well, sure, there have definitely been check engine lights that have come on and we have addressed and other times we have ignored them as well, mm-hmm. right? It's it's easier to, to see, it, it's, it's like the blinking 
check engine light on, right? It's blinking. It, in a, even in our own marriage, it's blinking, and yet it goes off because something good happened today. Like, oh, gosh, we really connected, and oh, man. And maybe the next day it's, it's, it's not as, like, euphoric, but it's still good. Mm-hmm. But the check engine light is still blinking. We're just ignoring it mm. until a day to a week later, it's solid, it's on. There's the rectangle with the exclamation point going on. It's a rectangle or triangle? A triangle, I mean, sorry. That's okay. I'm like, now, now I've got to go. Which car has the triangle? Uh, BMW. Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I hardly ever drive the BMW. <laughs> um, isn't it interesting? Just as a side note, like, I love the fact that I can always, like, make marriage lessons ever. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing in that car, you guys. Like, that, and we've had two BMWs over there. Like, that's probably shown up. But I've like so conveniently put it out of my mind. I'm like, it's just one of those things I've forgotten that that car has that warning light, mm-hmm. right? And, and again, it comes to, I mean, we've had issues where warning lights have gone off in our sexual intimacy where, where we've had seasons where, you know, the intimacy lifestyle is like falling off the rails and, and like we know because there's that awkward thing on day three, you know, somebody hasn't initiated, me typically. And uh, like I can tell the next morning there's, there's a warning light. It's a little chillier in my house. It's a little more... Uh, silent. Not that Tony goes into like a, a, like the silent treatment. He's just a little more distant, right? We've had warning lights go off in our communication when, when we weren't functional in how we were communicating to one another. And, you know, you have two choices. You always like with your car, you have two choices. You can ignore it or you can do something about it. Right. And I will tell you that this episode is probably the first time I was telling Tony as I was prepping. This is probably the first time I've ever quoted consumer reports. Because, <laughs> hey, you, you know, they're talking about check engine lights and consumer reports. Well, and I didn't know. Like, I always, I mean, again, the light comes on. I'm like, I don't know what it means. I don't know why it blinks. I don't know why. It, like, whatever. My thought is always, we got to, like, I am the one person in the family, thankfully, that will tell Tony, hey, a light came on on the dash. Something needs to happen. But consumerreports.org fun facts about the check engine light. The check engine light can mean many different things from a loose gas cap to a seriously misfiring engine. The thing is, when the light goes off, you don't know how bad it is. So same is true in marriage, right? When you start to feel that something's not quite right, it might just be a slight irritation, Right, kind of like that gas cap scenario. Like, hey, I just need to, we need to figure out what this is. Or it could be something really, really serious in terms of the disconnect in your marriage. But you don't know unless you start to investigate. Mm -hmm. Consumer Reports says that when the check engine light comes on, it does mean that you should get your car checked out as soon as possible. The marriage version of that is you need to sit down and have a conversation with your spouse and find out what's going on as soon as possible. Let's not ignore the distance, the silence, the awkwardness and just chalk it up. I mean, like it doesn't have to be in the moment because maybe it is just a bad day. But if you start to feel this going on and you're like, yeah, that's probably a blinking light. Like you got to do something about it. Got to be intentional and you got to take some action. Here's one right here. And I'm going to just say it up at the front. It's at this point in time that I think many of us need to reach out, get the help we need. Because in our marriage, where this check engine light is saying, hey, go get it checked out as soon as possible, this is that place as well. Go get yourself checked out. Mm -hmm. Go together. Go figure that out. Well, because 
what happens is in a car, when the check engine light comes on, that's, that's the system saying we can't fix this on our own. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you know, however cars work, I have no idea. I'm not even going to pretend to try, but apparently there are a lot of systems internally that can kind of correct things. And when they can't do what they're supposed to do, that's when the check engine light comes on. And that's why people talk about going to get a di- diagnostic, like you can go to you know your local auto and they, I don't know, run their computer thing and it gives you an error code. And all our mechanics are like, and all our technicians so, are like, what is she talking about? Is that not true? Do they not like have some computer thing that like gives you a diagnostic error code? It, yes, but it's a, it's a little more than that. But it, Cars have become a little more complex. They're a lot more complex. Yes. But, our, but like I'm marriage. sure our technicians are like... They're all giving me grace right now. Yeah, they are going to give totally you grace. They're totally giving me grace. Yes. This is just like, this is the simplified version for all of us that are mechanics and techs. Okay. Like this is this is the, the marriage version of it. Okay. Okay. And, you know, a lot of times we can try and do the same thing where like we try, we do everything that we can do, but then there's still an error message. Mm-hmm. that's coming up. It needs a diagnostic. It needs, our marriages need that, like, what is really going on here? Getting that help. And, you know, what I love is, you know, there can be all kinds of what they call um, trouble codes, right? The diagnostic, the error code. I guess it's officially called a trouble code. I learned that from Consumer Reports. Thank you. Um, but the computer in your car, this is really cool. You guys listen to this. The computer in your car will store the trouble code in its memory. Isn't that interesting that in our own marriages too, that memory is a big factor in the check engine light coming on, that when things aren't addressed, when things aren't repaired, when things aren't resolved in our marriages, our error codes, our resentment, our bitterness, our offense, our you know discontent, whatever it is, does get stored in the marriage memory banks. Mm-hmm. There's a record of it because you haven't, dealt with it guys like we're not that far off from cars in terms of when the check engine light comes on because you know that check engine light in your marriage it might be like i said earlier you know those silences that become maybe longer or more frequent it might be feeling awkward with one another i can tell you lots of seasons where we've had both of those Mm-hmm. in our marriage. You might see an increase in the criticism or the pessimism where things just sound a lot more negative, either because that's what you're hearing or because that's what you're saying. There might be more sarcasm or put downs or anger. Something is going on because most people don't marry someone, most, who is like the negative Nelly or the negative Ned who is like putting them down all the time, totally sarcastic and angry all the time. Like, So what has changed? What are the circumstances? What are the situations? What has changed to turn that check engine light on? Another reason or another way that you can tell if the check engine light's coming on is you start seeing declines in any of your six pillars of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And and for those of you that don't know, that's emotional, physical, financial, spiritual, recreational, sexual intimacy. You start seeing declines. Consider that a big check engine light that's blowing up in your house. Mm Mm-hmm right? Th- that increasing disconnect, that's what's going on. And, and again, I mean, I love consumerreports.org because the first thing that they said was it could be anything from a gas cap to a serious misfiring engine, but you don't know unless you get it checked out. It doesn't mean that everything's going to blow up, but it could, if you ignore things, your engine could seize on the freeway. 
you can have like serious damage. He's still looking at me. Tony spent so many years in the auto industry that as I talk about all this car <laughs> stuff, you guys, he is just uh, like inwardly cringing. At I'm not how- cringing. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fun. I, I, I no, the, 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 what just came to me was it, your car, your car engine can blow up. And here's, here's a prime example. Our son got into a little slight fender bender and the, the damage externally didn't look bad. Let's just put it that way. It's an older car. Um, and so we were like, all right, it's cool. Like no big deal. I happened to jump in the car one day and literally check engine lights on. This is on. I'm like, something's going on. Right. And I could see maybe there's a little leakage. Um, I thought it was oil and come to find out it was a, a slight radiator leak. I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe something happened during that. Um, little fender bender, but what it really turned out to be, because I went down to my local O'Reilly, they put the the little computer on and said, Hey, there's the, your engines heating up. I'm like, diagnostic. Oh shoot. And then I'm, I'm looking at my radiator and I'm going, Oh, the reserve, there's nothing in the reserve. Let it cool down. And I mean, it's low, like a gallon of, um, fluid in the radiator. So take care of that. We have another issue shows up. I finally get it to my mechanic. Um, it's my, our oldest drives it. So I'm like, giving him the responsibility. But once it gets there, finally we get it there because I'm like, dude, you got to get it there. And luckily we did because due to the fender bender, he had cracked the radiator. And I saw where the crack was because I've worked with this mechanic for 20 years now. Great guy. But had we not done something with it, the engine would have blown up. It would have seized. It would have, it would have stopped and that would have been that for that car and we would have had no value and we would have had to buy another one or he would have had to buy another one. And so sometimes the check engine light, we can get it to go off and yet there still may be something going on. And that's where sometimes we do need to get that help. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to dive in. We got to look at it. And when it comes to our pillars of intimacy, that can be a way for us to um, address which pillar we need to really dive into. It's so crazy because literally, you guys, that car just looked like the grill was like cracked mm-hmm. on it. And there was so much more going on underneath. But we want to talk about what to do when that internal sensor, when your marriage check engine light comes on. And we're going to do that after this break. We're back and we're talking about what to do when that marriage check engine light comes on. And it's going to look different for every couple, mm-hmm. it's going to look different for each individual inside the couple, what you are sensitive to versus what your spouse is sensitive to could be different. I do want to say this too. And and I'm glad you said that because you said each couple and each individual, and we haven't looked at this really from that individual perspective. There may be something going on in your life right now where the check engine light has come on and you have to take the responsibility Mm. of yourself It's what Elise and I have said for years. It was our hashtag for a couple of years is what can I do? And if you're dealing with something and that check engine light is on, you have to address that. You can't rely on your spouse to fix you. You got to do the work. And what I think about here is like when my dad passed away, the grief and the pain and the hurt, Elisa could be there for me. She could support me. And yet I'm the one who had to go through that grief process. 
I'm the one who had to do the work. The check engine light was on in me. And for me to heal, I had to walk through that path. And many a times, a lot of us will go through life, the check engine lights are on. It's due to stress, it's due to grief, it's due to, due to anger, it's due to unresolved issues, it's due to a myriad of things, offense, and we're going to just let them keep on blaring on in our lives and we think our spouse is going to fix us. And that's not going to happen. Mm. It's it just not. They can be there to support us, they can be there to love us, they can be there to care for us, but we individually have to recognize that light is on and we individually have to do some work to, to address it. Well, it's like I was talking to a, a coaching client yesterday. You, know, you talk about those internal lights and, and through coaching, you know, we identified some things that have come up you know, in her childhood that are impacting relationships mm-hmm. now. And, and guys, I'm a coach, not a therapist. You've got stuff in your childhood. You know, and, and I, that's you not me. Go to a therapist. Go to a therapist. And we were having this session yesterday and it was beautiful because hadn't seen her in a few weeks. Um, I'm like, hey, so, you know, catch me up. What's been going on? What's new? And she's like, you know, she said, I started seeing a therapist mm. to unpack all the boxes. That's a, a metaphor that I use with my coaching clients. So what do you have packed up in your boxes? Just the emotional weight and whatnot. She's like, I'm starting to unpack those childhood boxes mm. because that warning light's been on for way too long. Mm. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, what do you do individually? Because if you've got stuff that's going on, that's creating those awkward situations and the silences, and it's not something between the two of you, but it is something inside of you, you still got to go figure out what the problem is. Yeah. And if you're ready, like if those check engine lights are on in your marriage and you're ready to, to start coaching, uh, specifically marriage coaching, then I would highly suggest that you apply for marriage coaching. You can learn all about it at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash coaching. You know, because as you start to identify, you know, individually what your challenges are or what your challenges are as a couple, now you've, you've got the opportunity to go take care of it, mm-hmm. right? You can, you've got to look and see what's going on. Again, is it a gas cap type problem or is it a like misfiring engine type problem? If it's a gas cap type problem, do what you got to do to fix it. Like sometimes you just got to go out on a date. Sometimes you need to sit down and have a conversation. Sometimes you need to just spend time with your spouse. In other words, you just need to tighten the cap. Tighten the cap. (laughs) We've all had that, you know, we get in the car and then all of a sudden some, some light goes off and it's something to do with the emissions or whatever. And it's just our, our gas cap isn't tight. And so there's some O2 sensor that goes off and, and, and it, it puts a light up on our dashboard, but we tighten it up and it goes off and rock and roll. Like, And what I would say to that too is that sometimes you tighten that gas cap, you know, metaphorically, and it doesn't reset right away. Mm-hmm. You still got to have just that consistently tight gas cap on it and you've got to just be like, okay, like it's going to take a day or two for this to reset or they'll say... No, ahead. I was going to say this. So... On the BMW, here's another thing that happened recently. Like everything just happens with my cars. Like it feels like all in the same time and it just drives me nuts. But every time, both cars. One of the car on the BMW, one of the tires went low. Bing, something's going on. Okay. She did say something though. Oh, she did. The driver oh, no, no, of the no. BMW did say something she, to her. She father. absolutely did. Um, and so she's been running around. So I'm like, just give me the car for the day and let me go take care of it. But once I got down to discount tire, love discount tire. They put air in it, but once you get in, once you do that, you have to hit reset. And then once you do that, you need to drive a certain amount of time Mm. 
for it to calibrate, to reset the pressure on all the tires. And so it was interesting because the first time I did it, I hit reset, I got home and it got to like 85%. So I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I'll go out later this afternoon. It should be good. But when I got back in the car, it actually was down to 50%. So then I had to drive around another 50% to make sure it really got completed. Mm. So it was, it was one of those things where, you know, it can take a little longer sometimes once you tighten it or you reset. Right. It's not always an automatic thing, but take care of the easy things mm-hmm. or the easier fixes. Go after those. You know, another suggestion that Consumer Reports says is that you need to reduce the speed and the load. That can sometimes help you to help the check engine light to come out. And essentially what that's saying, sometimes you got to go after the stress or all of the things that you have going on. And those things need to be addressed. Part of the reason your check engine light might be on is that you're trying to do too much in too many other places or you have too much, you know, coming on to you. I was just having, you know, dinner a few nights ago with a girlfriend and she's, they're just going through a season right now. I looked at her, I'm like, it sounds like a Job season, right? Where it's just like, it feels like you're kind of getting bombarded from, you know, 20 different angles with stuff that isn't great. Mm Mm-hmm. The check engine's like not necessarily on in their marriage, but just in their life mm-hmm. in terms of all the, th- and, and you got to take a look at that and go, okay, where can we get, where can we make a reset for us? Where can we have those opportunities to get connected? Where can we really step into a place? What do we have to say no to? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. As soon as you said that, that was my thing. It was, it, it's almost a, a calendar audit, mm. you know, a time audit, like what am I doing? What are we doing? What's on our calendar? Like, let's really look at this because if there's, if we're going so fast that we're missing everything, like in the load is so heavy and this check engine light is on and it's blaring. It's like, what do we got to get rid of right now, man? Like, what do we need to stop doing? What? And I just, from, from me personally, I think of like time audit calendar check. Mm-hmm. Like we got to go through these things and determine what's super important and put them into buckets of like, Super important, important, not important at all. And like looking at the middle and the last one of going between those two, what can we start to take off of our calendar, take off of our load so it decreases the stress so we can get that check engine light off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the stress and the load doesn't just go away. Mm -hmm. And then finally, use diagnostic services, right? You know, for some of you, that is going to be like, hey, we know what our marriage recipe is. We mm-hmm. know that these are the things. And my coaching clients have heard me say it like, like, how often do you need to date as a couple? How frequently do you want to be having sex? You know, what do your conversations look like? Where are you making time? Like you can go through your own diagnostic and go, wow, you know what? We've been so busy doing all these other things. We haven't been hitting the things that make our marriage extraordinary. We need to do a reset back to the, like we've done our own internal diagnostic. Some of you are going to step into a place where you're like, oh, we don't even know how to figure this thing out. And, and Tony mentioned coaching. Like at that point in time, if you can't figure it out, if you don't have your own little, you know, marriage handheld computer, that's going to spit out that trouble code. I love that phrase, trouble code. Um, then you need to get help. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know what the trouble is and you've tried fixing whatever you think it might be on your own and it hasn't shifted the needle, taken that light, that warning light off, made you feel more connected, done all the things, don't wait. According to John Gottman, the average couple waits six or seven years. That is a long to get help. That's a long time to have your check engine light on Mm -hmm. because there's a whole lot of stuff going on under the surface that you can't see 
that is going to cause the breakdown, that tragedy in that mm-hmm. quote that I read, you know, at the, at the top of the episode, tragedy awaits if you don't take action. Yeah. You know, there possibly is a check engine light on right now in your life and in your marriage. And this is your week to find it, to diagnose it, figure out where it is, where it's coming from. I'm not saying look for all of them. I'm saying look for one of them because that is the start of the journey of going, we can strengthen our pillars. We can strengthen our marriage and we can have the extraordinary marriage we desire. But first we got to figure out what this check engine light is and we got to address it. So with that, you guys, we know you guys are going to fix those cars. We know you're going to go after it this week because extraordinary couples do. And we are going to be pressing in. We are going to be praying. We are going to be believing for you guys to have that breakthrough and that transformation that you so desire in your marriage. You have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.